Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. And we all go through our lows, we all go through our highs, but at the end of the day, we also have that choice to be better. You are listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in with me today on Project Loving Myself. As someone of Indian descent, born in Taiwan, having grown up in Japan, and lived in the U.S., London, and Dubai before moving to the Philippines more than a decade ago, identity is something I have definitely struggled with as a child. It took me a long time to figure out who I was, and it was really getting on a path of healing that made me who I am today. My husband is a third-generation Filipino of Indian descent, and my kids are also born Filipino. And so it made sense to give up my Indian passport to become a Filipino citizen, which is what I did this year. And it was not a difficult decision to make because my identity is not tied to my culture, my country, where I grew up, or even what language that I speak. My identity is who I am, the person that I forged myself to become as I have traversed this journey that we call life. And so my guest today is someone who has crossed the cultural barriers himself. Born Samir Gogna, Sam YG became the person he is today through experiences that were difficult, but also gave him his sense of belonging and identity. Who are we without our identity? And how do we embrace that identity? Let's find out by talking to Sam YG, radio personality, events, and TV host. He is also a mental health and HIV awareness advocate. Welcome to the show, Sam. All right. Hello, Sanaya. Man, I, I like you? the intro. I, I felt a little bit of, you know, a little bit of that uh, uh, good pressure. You know, it's going to be something <laughs> serious, but I hope everybody's great. I'm keeping healthy. I'm keeping safe. I think that's the most important thing we've realized, you know, throughout the pandemic. And that's true. You know, a lot of people right now, over the last one year, you know, a lot of things have been shaking up in their life, right? A lot of people are mm-hmm. struggling to figure out, you know, without their regular lives, who are they? 
You know, what are they supposed to do? What comes next? And there's a lot of uncertainty, Sam. There's a lot of uh, new terminology other than mental health, depression, something I read in um, the Inquirer called languishing. So people are just really getting thrown off with what's going on right now. So I thought, you know, this episode... Definitely. You also have ECQ, GCQ, barbecue, <laughs> camote Q. I don't even know what Q, any more Q is happening. It's just, That's right. All these terms are confusing. My God. <laughs> and so this confusion is really stressful, right? It is. You know, I, I just before we get to the episode, I think one thing that makes it a bit more stressful is that when we started out, Everybody was like, all right, it's going to last two weeks and then maybe a month. It was like a little holiday we all had. All right, don't have to go to work, you know, stay at home. And then two months in, everybody just was, was just like, wait a minute. This is not an enjoyable holiday anymore. You know, shit is becoming real. Shit is getting real. And here we are more than a year in. And we always want to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we're always like, oh, you know, stay positive. And these terms such as positive toxicity or something even comes about, you know, these things you can't be too positive these days. And it's just really also, it's, it's very confusing, like you said. And going back to seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I think what's frustrating right now is that a lot of people can't see that light at the end of the tunnel. Like you try to stay positive. You try to, you try to wake up and be positive about things, but with the way things are going, especially in the Philippines, particularly, it's a bit harder to see that light at the end of the tunnel. That's what makes it a bit more stressful, I think. I totally get it. And, you know, every time we think we're in the clear, like we think things are getting better, then you've got like a crazy breakout of the pandemic in India or you've, and it's in our area. So it gets closer and closer and suddenly it's hitting us. And so I think it's very hard for people to figure out when is this ever going to end? You know, and do we get used to this? Do we keep staying positive? What do we do? So what are your thoughts on that, Sam? Like, how are you coping with all of this? Well, let's start with the term new normal, which everybody has been using. You know, new normal this, new normal that. Let's wait for things to get back uh, to the way they were. And to be very honest, I, I think I've come to accept the fact that things might not go back to the way they were. So from now on, I think it's time to look how we could move forward. Look at how we could move forward rather than you know, always always thinking, it's going to go back, it's going to go back. Because it might, I'm not saying it, it, it will not, it might not go back. So let's start, you know, figuring things out as human beings, as friends, as family, how we can move forward and deal with the situation given these parameters. Let's say this might last a bit longer. Like you said, just when, when you think you're out of the woods, a new strain comes in. Then, uh, you know, the vaccines are there and then they say, oh, this vaccine does not work for this strain. So what the hell are we going to do? What's next? Diba? Parang okay, may vaccine. But after, you know, a couple of months, oh, by the way, the vaccine does not work on this strain. It only works on these strains. You know, so I, I think it's more of that. At this point, it's, it's moving forward. It's pivoting more than waiting for things to go back to the way they were. I think personally, I've accepted it, which I think is the first step, accepting the situation and next would be moving forward how do you move forward given this situation how do we look past it how do we get past it considering we might have to wear masks for the next five years are we going to wear the transparent masks are we going to wear <laughs> you know the surgical masks how do you deal with the heat mask knee all of these things let's just accept it it's just the way it is and let's find ways to move forward well, I think to move forward, Sam, and a really important ingredient that we must all have is confidence. 
You know, we have to have confidence in ourselves and we have to believe in something, you know, believe whether it's in our religion or we believe that things are going to work out. And I think that confidence is what we have to all work on, is that trust, you know, we're going to be okay no matter what. You know, whether we go back to new normal, whether I mean, whether we go back to the old ways, new ways, at the end of the day, you are the constant. Right. So Mm -hmm. I want to talk about your childhood because I see you as someone who's developed a lot of confidence over time. Okay, and I read that you were born and raised in the Philippines as a fourth generation Indian Filipino. Okay, so you're someone who, you know, you were raised in a culture that's not technically yours. How did you deal with that? How did that shape you to become who you are today? Well, I actually, based on my experience, growing up as an Indian in the Philippines wasn't exactly the easiest thing because there was a lot of, uh, you know, all these remarks like Bombay, Mabaho, you know, you get teased a lot. Because admittedly, at that time, Indians were known for that, known for five, six the microfinance, the lending industry. You have jokes like, oh, if you don't behave, you know, I'm walking through the street. The, the mother will tell, you know, her son, oh, if you don't behave, you'll be Mumbai. I'm like, I don't want your kid. Why would I? No, I mean, all these remarks. And when, you, when you're young, you know, your ego is not actually that built. You don't have such a strong ego. You're wondering, what's, what's this all about? And then you get to school and it's, it wasn't really the kindest environment for me. Because at that time, I went to Ateneo and I was, it was just me and my brother who were the only Indians there in Ateneo grade school. So we'd get teased a lot, mabaho, nobody would, oh, kalimapit dyan, mabaho yan, five, six. And it was very traumatic growing up in such an environment, considering it was a good school, you know? Yeah, Let's call it bullying. Exactly. It was, Sam, let's call it bullying. So there was a lot of bullying okay. growing up. Yeah, but at that time, I didn't know what bullying was. It was just like, okay, maybe I was, was I born like this? Is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with being Indian? It was hard to find that sense of belonging, as you were, you know, you were saying. Because, okay, if I don't feel like this is my, my place, where should I go? And then I go to India whenever I'd, I'd visit for my summer breaks because my mom's family is based there. It would be the same reaction. It's like I'm Indian by appearance, but they know I'm not from there. They know I'm not a Delhi boy. So there was always that lack of uh, um, belonging, like trying to find my, my where, where do I really belong in, in, in this world? You know, I go to the Philippines. It's like this. I, I'm dealing with all these, these things. You go to India. It's also the same thing. They still look at you like a foreigner. To some extent, so it was very tricky, and the bullying was real. It was uh, emotionally draining. It was tiring because it was you know years and years and years of dealing with that. Okay, now did that? Do you think affect your self esteem? Definitely. What do you think it did? So obviously, growing up, confidence was not really there. It wasn't there. Like you felt so small. I really felt so small, and like whatever I. If ever I'd make a comeback, it wasn't good enough. It was for me, you know, finding other ways to prove myself. There was always that urge inside to prove myself that, hey, you know, you can't do this to me. It's not the the way things work. There was always that pressure to prove something, which I think, you know, really affected a lot of things. And how did you cope with that, Sam? How did you cope with not only the feeling of not belonging, not knowing who you are, not fitting in anywhere, plus the bullying? How did you deal with all of this? 
as a kid, it was very hard to deal with it because, of course, I didn't know where to place my emotions. I think I started dealing with it in high school when people would say, like, Mumbai, you know, crack these Mumbai Indian jokes. Then I'd actually start making Indian jokes myself. I do, I do the Indian accent. The whole Shivakar bit came out. And it, for me, if, if you're going to, you know, uh, bully me or something, it has to be super, you have to be really creative for me to, you know, take offense because if not, you're, you're going to look like a fool because I'm going to get back at you, you know, because I make fun of myself. So you have to be really creative to make sure that you're going to get to me. But that came a long, long time down. It was a lot of years. Like, you know, it was, I remember this is the story. I'm going to share it really quick. I was in third grade. I couldn't play basketball because they didn't want to play basketball with me because I'm a if I play <laughs> basketball. So I told my mom, Mom, you yeah, want to play basketball with me? All right, you know what? I'm going to get you your own basketball. She gets me my own basketball. I go to school with a brand new basketball and my classmates take it away from me. My brand new basketball. I, here I am going home crying because I just had my basketball for the first day and these guys just took it from me and played basketball by themselves, never returned the ball to me. Wow. It was... Yeah, it was traumatic. It was, of course. But you, at that one point, you have a breaking point. You know, there comes a point where you know you've had enough and you can't deal with it anymore. So you have to do something about it. And I didn't want to take the violent route because it was never my, my nature to be violent. So it was always being creative, I think. How to prove myself and you know, get back whatever, just be creative about things. So instead of growing up resenting the culture... Okay, or the people around you. I noticed that you kind of befriended the culture. You became part of the culture. You assimilated. And I noticed like most of your friends were Filipino. And I feel like you felt a lot more comfortable. You grew into it. And maybe you identified with being more Filipino than Indian. Is, do you think that's what happened? Is you kind of just like embrace the culture? I think being born and raised here and going to school here as well. I started developing, you know, my friendships with mostly Filipino people. So, yeah, definitely, I, I love the culture. I love the place. It was just the bullying that was a bit traumatic. But there were a lot of, you know, great instances as well, which I'm super thankful for. Great friends who, you know, stood as my backbone and everything when my back was against the wall, uh, kept me grounded. And yes, in terms of loving the culture, I, I'd say I, I totally love the Filipino culture, despite, you know, what happened before. Maybe it was a kid thing, you know, a, a child thing when you're young. People just want to get at you and whatnot. Maybe also Indians started, you know, diversifying in terms of what they do in the Philippines. Indians yeah. started getting recognized to be, you know, CEOs of different companies. And the whole five, six thing probably, although it's still there, it's not what Indians are exactly known for. Could be a lot of things, you know, a lot of factors. But I'd never resented the Philippines or the Filipino culture just because of what I was going through. Because though there was that negative side, there were, there were also so many things to be thankful for, so many people to be thankful for. And, you know, it was just a few humps along the road, bumps along the road. But I think the love was still greater than that feeling of uh, being uneasy, of being bullied. It was, the love was still greater over anything else. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. Hi, Stan C here. 
just dropping by to let you know that I have my own podcast called On Deck with Stan C where I interview iconic radio personalities as well as my friends in the radio industry. We talk about their origin stories, their most memorable on-air moments, the radio industry in the digital age, and so much more. So if you're a radio head, just like me, make sure to follow and subscribe to On Deck with Stan C, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast fix. We want to say hi and big thanks to the guys from Kumu. Kumu is a Pinoy live streaming app where you can connect with Filipino streamers and celebrities. Use our link in the description to follow some Kumu streamers. So how hard was it or how easy was it, Sam, to form your identity considering all the challenges? You know, I'm always thankful that I had such experiences when I was young. You know, of course, they were not the most pleasant experiences, but they did teach me a lot. They formed me a lot into who and what I am today. Because without going through those hardships, I don't think I'd be able to do what I do today and push myself to the limits that I'm pushing myself to these days. So I think they were actually very crucial. And I think uh, challenges are given to you for a reason, to make you stronger, to make you a better person. But it really depends on how you realize and take the situation, how you digest the, every situation, every challenge that comes your way. It's really how you digest it and what you make out of it. It could have gone the other way for me. And I'm going to be very honest with that. And, you know, just return the violence or return the angst, you know, the stress. But I, I chose another route, you know. So for me, what was interesting is how you turned your challenge into an opportunity. So I noticed that you channeled like all your bullying experiences into this like alter ego character, Shivakar. Like he was the person mm. that was the bullied persona, you know? So it feels like you took all your pain, all your, you know, experiences and put it into him. And now he represented that person that people were making fun of, right? So what do you think of that? I mean, I know he made an appearance on Boys Night Out and also on other shows. What do you think of, you know, my, my analysis of that? Do you think I'm right about that? Well, there is, it, it's partly true because I did create that character to, you know, just like live out that whole Indian character. Just because maybe I thought to myself, maybe that is what people know Indians to be. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, maybe it could be a, a little character so that people would also be entertained with, uh, you know, with the whole classic Indian looking guy with a turban, you know, and uh, whatever he's wearing. So I, I used that. I created that character. But it was really in my head also just to to ease things, you know, make, make things a bit better, make that, make that connection that, okay, here's that Indian that you know. Shivakar, probably, you know, Mr. Five, Six, whatever. But here is Sam YG or Samir, who is, you know, like anybody else. I'm a human being like you, you know, it, it, uh, who does not necessarily, you know, deserve to be bullied, deserve to, deserves to hear all these negative things. Because here's a guy who could actually be your friend and entertain you. In one person, there were two alter egos that would actually give you different experiences, but are actually the same person. Shivakar definitely brought a smile to everyone's face. I mean, that's for sure. You know, he gave us a lot of laughs and he was definitely, I think, 
an emblem of a sort, I would say, because on one hand, maybe he was perpetuating the stereotypes. But on the other hand, I think he also brought awareness to the stereotypes. So he kind of served both functions. What do you think of that, Sam? I think that's the point I was also trying to get that, you know, that it was also to drive awareness that, okay, this is your, your neighborhood Indian guy who is such, you know, who is a friend who could be funny and does not necessarily need to be bullied, you know, because these guys, you know, are like anybody else and could be funny. And it was something so relatable to, I guess, the Filipino market, even to the, the Indian uh, friends I have that they were, they, I'd always receive messages now, you know, thank you for doing this for the Indians and whatnot, because it was also traumatic for them growing up. And I, I felt it does not have to be that way, you know? There was some sort of racism involved there, but it doesn't have to be that way. And if there's a way for me to actually bridge that connection or make that connection and make things better for everyone, then I would be happy to do it. And I think that um, when we can laugh, when we can take our painful experiences and turn them into something we can laugh about or we can share it as, as an experience that brings joy to others, I think that's when we can let all the pain and difficulty sort of go from our past as well. Like, did that bring you relief as well? Definitely to some extent it did, because as I said uh, to this day, I think what makes me feel fulfilled is that I'm able to bring, you know, I'm able to put smiles on people's faces, make people laugh. And for me, that is the most fulfilling thing in the world. And today, you know, that's, I still live by the saying that if I could just make one person smile every day, I would be fulfilled. I'd go to bed happy at night, no matter how much I'm getting paid, no matter what I do. If I can make one person smile every day, either through a joke, through a character, through what I do, then I can go to bed feeling fulfilled, at least for that day. So what, what eventually happened to Shivakar, Sam? Where is he now? Shivakar started on radio. I used to do a show called Temple of Love. So people would call in. I would give love advice with a whole Indian accent. After that, I took it to TV uh, on Eat Bulaga. It was there for a good four years and whatnot. I was doing the character every day in my corta, in my uh, turban. And then slowly, I I fade the character out. Then I'd bring it back once in a while because it's a novelty thing. you know. I, I didn't want to run the character to the ground. So I want to make sure that there's still some novelty there. When people see Shivakar, it's like, oh, Shivakar, you know, that's a, that's a funny Indian guy. So that's always been there. And once in a while, I'd still do it, do it uh, for shows. Like I'm doing a show for a certain group this coming weekend, and they wanted Shivakar to be the one to do the program. So I'm going to do it as Shivakar. So that's where it's at right now. You know, the character is still there, but I just uh, release the Kraken once in a while, not as often as I used to. You unleash him when you feel like. But do you think he's still mm-hmm. in there? Is, is he still that little bullied boy? carrying all those experiences or do you think you've come so far away from that that it doesn't matter anymore i think no matter how far i can go away from it it's still going to be there it's still going to be a part of me i was actually explaining this earlier that it will always be a part of me maybe i won't maybe the the emotions aren't there anymore maybe it doesn't hurt anymore but it will always be a part of your memory you'd still always remember that time that you know you were bullied and you had to power through such, you know, probably emotionally difficult times. 
And that's what led me to where I am today. And that's what pushes me to do what I do today and to still make people laugh. That, that experience, although, like I said, does not hurt anymore, which I'm glad that, you know, it doesn't hurt, but also it allows me to, to push myself further, to make people, you know, happy and fulfilled. So it's still that little, you know, that little jump board that I use whenever I, I go back and, you know, just, uh, play, it, play it back in my head, you know, all these things that happened to me in, uh, when I was young. It's, it, of course, they're still there. And I use it as, as a springboard to do whatever that I have to do. Well, honestly, I admire the way you took your experiences and turned it into a positive. And not only that, you know, you jumped off it and you, you know, allowed it to take you to, I think, great new heights in your own career. And that's a great example of how we can take our challenges and turn it into something very positive. Now, let's talk about another kind of challenge, Sam. I know you are a big Mm -hmm. advocate of mental health. Okay. Did you deal with any of your own mental health challenges or is this something you saw with people close to you, maybe people around you? How did you sort of become this advocate for mental health that you are today? Okay. I'm going to take that back to 2009. You know, I, I, I'm going to go back, of course, to my child. The whole bullying thing was very emotionally draining. It was depressing. You'd wake up, you know, with no sense of belonging. You get all these, uh, you have to deal with so many, so many things in school. Your ego was crushed. But then moving forward, it was the year 2008 or 2009, I believe. And at that time, mental health, the whole mental health issue or you know, advocacy wasn't really as big. Because when you say mental health, it would always mean, ah, to, Raul or whatnot. I did a commercial back in 2009 about mental health with some friends. And at that time, like I said, mental health, the whole mental health issue wasn't uh, big. And the commercial, the, the ad started with, I have a mental health issue. And, you know, it got so much flack. People would always say, oh, I realized that a lot of people were dealing with this. They just didn't know how to talk about it. They didn't know how to open up about it. Because it is, you know, there's a stigma. When you say you have a mental health issue, there's always that stigma. So I, that, that ad I did got so much flack because at that time, mental health issues were probably unheard of. And now I'm so glad of, you know, with how things have progressed, with all the movements, all the advocacies of people speaking out, um, popular people, regular people speaking out and making their voices heard and making others understand and realize that this is real and you don't have to be scared to talk about it because this is real. You, there are days you wake up and you don't understand yourself. You don't understand your emotions. You don't understand why you feel that way, how to deal with things. Is something wrong with you? And all these questions are sometimes unanswered. Even if you want to answer them, you just can't seem to find the answers to all these questions. And that's why I'm, I'm so glad how far things have, you know, come when it comes to mental, talking about mental health. Do you think also, Sam, that you were going through a lot of mental health challenges growing up and because there was no awareness, you didn't realize that, you know, you didn't realize, like you said, you didn't know you were being bullied. You didn't know like your ego was getting crushed. So do you think that's part of the reason why this became so important to you? That it's something you wanted to speak up about. Oh, definitely. 
I think, you know, everything I've, I, I went through, what I was dealing with, also springboarded me to talk about these things because I was, I experienced them. I know how hard it is, especially these days, you know, when even people with probably with no mental health issues are starting to feel anxious, starting to feel depressed, are starting to feel, you know, antsy. And, you know, sometimes it's just so hard to even get the conversation started. Like you don't know where to start, how to explain to someone because you're so afraid that that person would not understand and just judge you instead. And has that happened to you, especially during the pandemic? Like, have you gone through your own um, difficulties and found it difficult to talk about it to other people? Definitely. I, 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 I would have my days where I'd wake up and just feel, you know, feel out of it. You know, and there were a lot of days like that. I'd probably tell my fiance about it. You know, I'm just feeling out of it. Of course, she'd, she'd acknowledge that fact, but it's so hard to explain. Like when she says, all right, what exactly are you, are you feeling? And I just can't seem to put it in words. You don't know why. You don't know how. So it's just, you know, something you have to, to deal with. And then you go back to the time where you was able to overcome the situation and you try to do that again. And that's what I, I try to do whenever I, I have my little bouts. And yeah, and I think that it's not just, I'm, I'm not alone. I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with the same thing. So I make sure to talk about it, to tell people that it's okay to talk about it, that you don't have to feel weird talking about it because people go through that and it's normal. Absolutely. You know, I, I can tell you that uh, the amount of people that I've worked with who are really struggling with what this pandemic has, uh, has done to our mental health. I mean, we all understand mm-hmm. how important it is to talk. And I think that's the key word. That's what you said. You know, talk about it. Just share it with people closest to you, you know, or talk to someone who is completely far removed from your life. You know, talk to someone who's an expert. The point is just to talk about it and to get it out. And I think that's something that you see, you know, the merit in it as well. Now, what would you say to others who are dealing with their own sort of identity crisis in addition to whatever else else is going on with their mental health? Like, I know that you've kind of really, I would say, conquered this whole identity thing, given, you know, where you come from and where you live today. So a lot of people are struggling with their identity. Not only it could be cultural, it could be religious, it could be professional or even in a relationship. A lot of people are struggling to figure out who they are in their own relationship. What would you say to them, Sam, considering your experiences and your, what you've learned over time? I, I think first things first is to accept your situation. You know, take a look at yourself, accept your situation, accept reality that these things are, are, are happening. And then moving forward, it, it would there's no clear-cut formula, you know, how to find yourself, move forward. But it's always a good start to ask yourself questions like, who do you want to be? Who are you? Who do you think you are? If you don't know who you are, who do you want to be? You know, take it from there. There has to be a starting point. You can write little post-it notes on, uh, I, what I do is I, I write these post-it notes on my bathroom mirror, so I see them every day. But always go back to ask yourself, who do you want to be? Where do you see yourself being? Could be like, you know, three years from now, five years from now. Because sometimes we, are, we get so lost 
just because we don't have a goal. We don't know where we, we just keep on driving. We don't know where we're driving to. And that's the first thing that you should know, you know, where are we going? Where is the destination? Um, you may be lost now. Like I, I remember when I was going through this whole crisis before, I may be, you know, bullied. I may be lost in terms of, you know, that sense of belonging, but I made it a point to know what I wanted to be. I wanted to be, you know, successful. I wanted to be entertaining. I wanted to use my creativity for something and to make it worthwhile. So I started with that. And, you know, everything from there, you have to take those baby steps, you know, take those small steps, but you have to um, know the destination, where you're going, where do you want to drive to? Because if without that destination, you can just get lost and just keep on, you know, driving and driving with no, with no end goal. At least that, that's what I did. I love what you said, Sam, because, you know, I, I leave my listeners with a quote for every episode. And the one that I chose for this episode is life is not about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. And that's by George exactly. Bernard Shaw. And that's exactly what you said. It's really not about who you were or where you came from. And I think this is really the, I would say, most important thing about this episode is understanding it's not about where you came from, but it's about who you want to be. You know, who do you want to create yourself to be? And I love the tips that you gave, you know, about knowing your direction, being clear, you know, writing those post-it notes. It's about what is that identity you want to create, not only for yourself, but also to show the world who you are, right? And and I think, I think Sanaya also, it's, it's very important that, these things take time because a lot of people, I guess especially our young listeners out there, always want answers now. We want answers now. We want, okay, I feel so lost, but I want answers now. Sometimes the answers don't come right away. Sometimes you need to give yourself that time. You need to put in the work. You need to get lost sometimes. And sometimes through getting lost, you find your direction. I know it's frustrating, you know, that, that sometimes, you know, and some people, even in their, even halfway through life, they get lost. They're like, oh my God, oh shit, what am I, what have I been doing all this time? You know, I've been working so hard, but am I happy? I, I don't even feel happy with where I am, but I have everything. You know, you've been doing so much, but along the process, you got lost. And then here you are, you find yourself just lost in the middle of the woods. But Let's start with number one. That's okay because that happens. Number two, sometimes it takes time. It's also one of the hardest things putting so much pressure on yourself that you, you know, dig a deeper hole. You sink into a deeper hole. Sometimes you need that time. You need to step back sometimes rather than just keep on driving, keep on driving. Maybe you need to, you know, take a little pit stop at a convenience store, grab a drink, you know, grab some chips and then drive again. Maybe you need that break. Maybe you need that, that breath of fresh air because you know you're lost, but in the process of finding yourself, you dig a deeper hole because you put so much pressure that, oh my God, but, you know, I have to find myself. I have to find myself. And you create even more stress on yourself. So sometimes give yourself time. Step back. Step back. Take, try to take the third person's perspective. Talk to people. You know, like what you said. Look at the situation in a bigger picture. Because if you're so engrossed and if you are part of that situation, it's so hard to navigate through it. 
it's just like, you know, we, we always say this, you know, when we give love advice, we're great at giving love advice, but when you are caught in that situation yourself, you don't know what to do. You yourself are lost. But when you're, when you get, when you're giving advice, it's so easy to give advice because you're taking the third person's perspective. But when you're part of the problem, you're part of the situation, then it becomes harder because feelings are involved, emotions are involved. So these are a few things that I, I would actually suggest. I, I loved so many things that you said. Um, first of all, I wanted to highlight that sometimes in getting lost, you actually find yourself. Right. I love that, you know, and you have to let yourself get lost because how will you explore all the different options and possibilities they are in life? And I also think the tip about taking the person, the third person perspective, Sam, that's actually something that I help my clients do in in my coaching, in my well-being sessions. And that's so important because when we're in the situation, like you said, the feelings are involved and we get stuck and we get kind of swallowed in all that, you know, negativity. But if we can kind of step out and take that third person perspective, we can see a solution that our clouded judgment did not allow us to see. So I think, you know, just taking a step back every time things get too overwhelming, things get too confusing and just saying, okay, well, where are we today? What am I going to do next? You know, making um, a plan of what's the next step that you want to take. Sometimes that's all it takes, right? To get yourself back on track. Mm. But also it's important, like I said, to start with the fact that, you know, not just acknowledge it, that, you know, you're exactly not in the happiest place and that's okay, you know? Some people are just so afraid to acknowledge it. Sometimes you just have to acknowledge it first. Absolutely. Now, Sam, you're in a very good place today, right? You recently got engaged. You've got so many amazing things Is that a good place or a deadly place? (laughs) (laughs) It's a, de- it's a deadly contract or a good contract? Well, I better ask your fiancé about that. <laughs> oh. So, okay, so you've, you know, you've come a long way from where things were. Looking back and seeing that you've reached a point where, you know, you've got your entire life forward and you've got so many things going for you right now. What have been the lessons from the past that have allowed you to get here today? What are the things you would like to impart to our listeners or share um, in terms of how you got to this point where you've got this beautiful future that you've created in the making, in the works, and everything seems to be flowing in the right way? Looking back, you know, we all are going to go through challenges. Everybody has, you know, to go through their own set of uh, troubles, challenges, just to get, uh, to make you realize where you want to go to make you realize what you want to become. I think number one is it, it's really a, a mindset and it's what I, I try to practice. You know, if something goes bad, if, if it's not working out, use the energy towards improving yourself, making yourself better. You could have easily, you know, returned the negative energy with more negative energy, but will that really make any good? Will that do you any good? Imagine that ball of energy, whatever you you get, you also give, but also you have the power to transform energy, to transform vibes, you know, transform emotions. And we all go through our lows, we all go through our highs, but at the end of the day, we also have that choice to be better, 
to make better decisions, to be better people, to steer our cars in the right direction, to choose the destination we want to. And sometimes, like I said, these things don't come easy. Sometimes it takes years for you to get that, you know, that uh, breakthrough, sometimes from a breakdown. Be patient with yourself. Know what's going on in your mind. Know what's going on in your body. Talk to people. And also come to the realization and to the truth that even steering to the right direction will take time. Some people want to get from point A to point B overnight, the fastest time possible. But let's admit it, things don't work that way. Give yourself time, give yourself space, be kind to yourself. I think that's the first rule that I, I've accepted and I, I try to tell myself every day. And until today, of course, challenges come along, but I try to see the bright side of things, you know, the brighter side of things. During the pandemic, one of the things that I realized, you know, is that I didn't, don't, don't even get to spend time with my mom. And now here I am because I'm always out, I'm always working. And here I am watching a movie with my mom. And it made me realize that, okay, maybe these are some things that I took for granted. Some of the things that I didn't realize, you know, was already happening. As I was growing up, she was growing old. And just because you see everything uh, before your eyes, you don't, or they're right there. You don't give them enough attention. You don't don't value them as much. Maybe for, for, for a pandemic, it took this to bring us back all the, the human race, like what? Well, look at what we were doing to ourselves. We were partying the night away every night. We were, you know, on on social media like anything. Connections. We have kids who are just on their phones the entire day. We've lost that sense of being human, right? So, let's take this opportunity to see the bright side of things, to value the things that we really should value. And hopefully, uh, that's also what I did. Um, you know, growing up, getting through my challenges and hopefully it helps you also somehow. I agree with that completely, Sam. And I think sometimes just shifting the perspective to see what good came out of the negative situation is something that will help us get through it much better. I love also a lot of things that you said about patience. Uh, I think that's a really good virtue. And a lot of us are learning that uh, or we're forced to learn it because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So completely, you know, spot on. Now, um, I have one last question for you, Sam. What is your Project Loving Myself mantra for our listeners? It's kind of like your message, your inspiration, or something that you do for self-love. And that's something I ask all my guests. It's kind of like your USP. Okay, I just posted this last night. I'm going to share it. It's a, I, I posted something on Instagram that said, it's okay, tomorrow's going to be another day. This is something I always looked at, believed in when I was a, a kid growing up, that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, every day when you wake up, you have the chance to be the best version of yourself and to be the best at whatever you're doing. You have that chance. Now, are you going to take that chance or are you going to waste that chance? That's really up to you. But every day you wake up with that chance. So what are you going to do about it? And that's really about creating that person you want to be, right? That's really your identity. It's not about finding your identity. It's about creating that best person that you want to be. Wow. I love how mm-hmm. everything we discussed came right back to full circle. 
and it ties exactly into sort of my message for this episode. So thank you, Sam, for um, for sharing. Thank you for having me. You know, I I love uh, I love all the things that you really shared, and it's nice to see a different side of you because I know you know <laughs> it, it's hard for you to be serious all the time, and I have forced no, you. you know what? <laughs> to be very honest, you could ask people around me. You could ask my fiance and my mom. I'm actually an introvert when I'm at home. I really don't talk to anyone. You'd be surprised. No, I totally believe that. My husband's exactly the same, Sam. He is the most, you know, entertaining, funny person. He's always the center of attention when we're out of the house. But mm. at home, he's a totally different guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I totally get it. And I think that external personality and that internal reality of who you are is also part of the identity that we create. You know, who we want to share some things about ourselves with some people. And for the rest of the world, we might show a different side of us. And that's also, I think, you know, beautiful about who we are and who we can be. That's true. So thank you again. And Sam, can we uh, share your socials with our listeners if you would like to tell them about your podcast and also how to follow you? Sure. Uh, it's on Instagram, underscore Sam YG. Everything you need to know is there. Twitter, at Sam underscore YG. And of course, do follow the podcast. It's Lechem Pag Ibig To on Spotify. Boys Night Out, we're on Magic 89.9 every night. Catch us there. And I'm sure I'll be uh, seeing you guys around in one event or another. I thought that was a really interesting conversation with Sam YG today because all of us have these stories from our past and they have definitely made us who we are today. As he said, how we react is really our choice. How we take what we've come through and what we do with that, that's really part of who our identity or what our identity becomes. Now share your thoughts on Instagram and Facebook and don't forget to tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal on all social media channels. Hit the follow button on Spotify and do drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much to me. We end this week with our Project Loving Myself quote, which I already mentioned earlier in the episode. Life is not about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself by George Bernard Shaw. Now, identity, I've come to understand, is really about the creating the person that you want to be. We are born as clean states shaped by our childhood, our caregivers or our parents, and our life experiences. But every experience allows us to make choices about who we want to be, who we are choosing to be, and we must be at peace with that. Or we have the option to course correct to be the best version that we can be. And only once we are comfortable in our own skin, does that allow us to celebrate our identity, no matter where we've come from or what has happened to us. We can thrive when we have a sense of belonging or we can grow when we are uncomfortable. Both present opportunities to us. Neither is better or worse. They are just different experiences of life. Leaving you now with some of those deep thoughts let me know what you think. Thank you for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself. And remember, you are loved. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. 
The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 